Gina Yoakum. Uncle Robert. How, how you doing? Great. You can hear me now. I can hear you now. <laughs> can you hear me now? I can hear you. Remember that commercial? Do you remember Jake from State Farm commercials? I do. Well, we took our dog, Jake, from State Farm. You know him, a little German short hair. Yes. And we took him hunting with two of our special guests today. It is really loud there. Where are you? Well, we're jamming. We're oh. drinking and jamming. We're at the, I call it the Tater Barn. I think it has a new name. My friend uh, J-Dog owns the place, but whatever. It's just a great place to come and drink and relax. Uh, it's a great place for a podcast. <laughs> And we're going to have some uh, peanuts, which are really good here. But anyway, don't you want to know about your special guest? I do. Who is it? Who are they? They. There's two of them. Well. They're like, they, you know, they come together. They're they, a set. They are your uh, cousin, Kristen, and her... And, and this is his second time in the podcast, and I hope he does better this time. Third, holy, that's right, <laughs> his third time. Um, John Ferdinand and Kristen Ecker. So let's let Hi, them fail. Hi, Kristen. Hi, John. Hey, Gina. Wow, John's John's a regular. Now let's get right into to the last time we talked about them. They were getting a puppy. Out of Taylor and Sterling were Jack, but we have some very bad news to report. Uh-oh. The breeding did not take. Oh. So we are not going to have a Taylor puppy um, at the Ferdinand household, but... Big sad. Yeah, big sad. I'm, I'm with you. But they're, they're um, in the works of uh, getting some other puppies that are coming around. So we'll definitely have... Keep you posted on that one, Gina. They're definitely okay. they're ready. They're ready. Now I'm they're, ready too. They're shooting today. Left a little bit to be desired. We, <laughs> it, it, you're right, Kristen. It wasn't that bad, but it, <laughs> it wasn't great. But the dogs did good, and that's the important thing. Uh, we'll be uh, posting some videos. Uh, John had a little bit of trouble uh, posing Jake from State Farm for a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Um, there'll be some <clears throat> pictures of that uh, also on Facebook. So, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I only have to work four days a week this week. Yeah, but you got a snow day, so you bet. And, and a snow day and a delay, so you should be pretty happy. I love it. What's that? I love the snow day. There you go. Um, and, and more snow tonight. More snow tonight? Yeah. Two oh to five inches. It's beautiful here, Gina. It's warm and wonderful. Uh, the beer is flowing. Um, I started with uh, uh, Guinness, and then I switched to Red Oak. And now I'm drinking a local, a hometown beer, Yingling Flight. I had a good buzz going, and uh, I'm ready to uh, answer some of your questions and 
whatever else you got to talk about. All right. Well, let's start with a question from a video you just posted. Oh, boy. And I, I got to tell you, forever, this one has 10,000 views already, this video. How many? It had 10,000 views. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, we, uh, speaking of that, we had one video that we posted. In fact, I think you videoed it. It was up in our training field back in December. Um, yeah. I, I checked it today, and it had 330,000 views, which um, wow, unbelievable. And I want to thank everybody for uh, watching our videos. Um, I try to, I try really hard to put some good content out there, and uh, 330,000 views is pretty impressive. So. But, That's amazing. Uh, I remember that video. But this video, you say, has 10,000 views. What, 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 what's the question? Um, it's from Mark Payton. Mark Payton, okay. Mark Payton. Um, and in the video, you have a young setter. You flex the bird. And you're just pretty much tapping her until she understands she's got to stop there. So he asks us, before you're to this point, how much chasing have you allowed? And if you aren't allowing any, are you just stopping them with the check cord? Right. Uh, great question. Um, I, I think you said it was a setter. It was actually an English pointer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Any tiny picture here. Yeah, it, that's her name. Well, you've never seen this dog. Her name is Frost, and she's Ooh. owned by um, Darren Britt uh, from Georgia. He just brought her up here while we're down here training. Uh, really nice. And, and, and her brother. We have her brother. His name is Hoss. And, um, or Boss, I'm sorry. Hoss, Boss, Boss. But anyway, we uh, um, just got her. And uh, she has seen birds and chased birds. He's actually taken her up to uh, um, the Upper Peninsula and hunted grouse and woodcock with her. So she's seen some birds and, and definitely fired up. And it's time to break the dog, time to steady them up. So what I do is, um, you know, a lot of people uh, do a lot of yard work and uh, setting the dog up. I'm more of a, if I have good birds and uh, I, I'm able to get the dog into those birds, whether it's woodcock or good flying quail, uh, um, I, I'm going to use the good birds to do the, the hard work of breaking a dog. And it's real, you know, I try to make it real natural, real simple. Um, you know, dog points to bird. And now I flush the bird and the dog goes to chase. I just tap them with a light intensity um, with the e-collar. Actually, first the, the, the tone, then the light intensity, and a little more intensity until I can get the dog to stop. And I do that several times in a row um, before you know it. The dog's going to be pointing the birds, and you're going to be flushing the birds, and the dog's not going to be chasing so um, to answer his question, he wants to know how many times are you going to let the dog chase to build that desire before you start actually um, correcting the dog. And that's, that's a tough question to answer because it, it really depends on the dog. Um, you you want to see the dog uh, 
uh, very intense, on point, and uh, fired up chasing the bird for sure. Um, and then you have to feel the dog out and know that they're uh, mature enough and, and at that stage where you could could stop them. Um, I, I, you know, how many birds is that going to take? I really can't answer that in a, in a, a, a number um, but you, you just got to watch your dog and, and kind of feel that, hey, this dog's really, really intensely chasing the birds, and they're also intensely pointing the birds. I think we're in good shape, and we can start uh, trying this. Now, once you see that, um, I think in the video I posted, it worked out perfectly. It was only the second or third time I worked uh, Frost, that's the dog's name, in this video and a couple of taps and boom she stopped um so uh, you got to kind of feel out your dog and 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 you know see what they're doing um so tough tough question to answer as far as how many but or how often but you just want to feel the dog out and see that they're um, uh, mature enough to handle the stimulation chasing the bird so that's a great question and uh, hopefully, um, hopefully, what was his name? Mark, right? Yeah, Mark Payton. Yep, hopefully, Mark, uh, a great question. We appreciate the, the question, and hopefully that answered his question for him. So what else you got for me? Um, he actually had another comment and a question, I guess another video. Okay. All right. He asked, I didn't see the video. I just have a screenshot. But he said, I assume you collared the dogs away. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember. I, I remember this question. Um, it was a video I posted. Um, and, and I want to, and I'm glad this question came up because I want to talk about uh, Rob Warner uh, from Illinois, um, originally from New Jersey came out and spent the week with us training and I want to I want to say what a great guy Rob is and I really appreciate all the help he gave us when he was here and um, I, I, I love um, you know the new people into the sport that are so um, so willing to learn and uh, interested in the game and Rob's definitely one of those you know he came out here with an open mind uh, he had trained his dogs a certain way, whatever, and he just, um, I was able to, you know, give him my insights, and, and uh, we had a great time together. Um, but anyway, he was running his older dog, and I was running a derby, and they uh, pointed a big covey of quail and uh, flushed the bird, shot the gun, whatever. And, and I, what was the name of this person that asked the question? Uh, this is Bill Martin. What's the name? Mark. Mark also? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he asked, you know, now what do you do? You got two dogs on point and you're by yourself. A lot of times I am by myself. And, uh, you know, both those dogs should stay solid on point uh, for me to go back and grab one by the collar and walk over and grab the other one by the collar. Obviously, if I have help, um, I'm going to have someone grab one of the dogs. But... I think in this instance, I just went over and grabbed both dogs uh, together and, and moved them on. So 
Um, the dog should stay steady uh, while you grab one and, and go for the other. If you have help, use it. I, I love having good help. Again, Rob Warner was his dog, and he's definitely good help. And, uh, you know, if, he, if he's ever working dogs with me again, I would definitely use him. Uh, Gina. Yeah. I'm going to have to take a time out because I've drank a lot of beer so far today, and i got to go to the bathroom, and I'm also going to order uh, for John and Kristen and myself. I'm going to order another round and some peanuts here at the Tater Barn, which are very, very good. So let's take a break, and I'll be back at you in a minute. Hey, Gina, we're back. And we're back from our break. We have a box of uh, peanuts now. Ooh, I, I can't have those, Uncle Robert. Yeah, you can't have peanuts. But I'm telling you, the roast of peanuts here at the Tater Barn are really good. So how you doing? What, what else you got for us? Well, I have a really long question from... Oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> I told you I've been drinking. I don't know if I can handle a really long question. Maybe, well, maybe John can Maybe help. John and Kristen could help you out. Okay. This is from... We actually answered a question of his last week. This is from Roy Hargreaves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he had a second question. Well, he has like four questions here, so I'm just, I'm just going to read it for you. He says, do you expect a dog to be running ahead of you beyond bell hearing range for the majority of a race on every course? How far out do you want a dog to go laterally, say between 10 and 2? And typically, can a dog run a winning race without a brake? Or is the team race competitively subjective in field trials? Wow. Wow. He knows what he's talking about, Roy. He really does. Yeah. Very, uh... Very specific, but in really good questions. Yeah, very detailed, uh... Questions really making me work, and... You know, it is Friday at whatever (laughs) happy hour, and and I shouldn't be working, but I am. But anyway, so... Um... Well, do your best, and if you need me to read it again, I will. No, I got it. Okay. Um, you, you know, the, the bell range and, and how far the dog's running is going to be dependent on uh, conditions and the venue. I mean, if you're in a very thick piece of cover uh, or a thick stretch of the course, you know, you, you might not be comfortable with the dog out of bell range. If you're in, um, you know, big pole timber and you could, you know, it's a real quiet day, the wind's not blowing, whatever, you might be more comfortable with your dog really rolling out there. <laughs> so the range is going to be definitely dependent on conditions and the cover. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Roy's ever been to a cover dog trial, but the courses 
um, you know, might meander through a piece of cover like, uh, you know, you might start off in an alder thicket and then it breaks open into you know, uh, big timber and then and then you come down into a clear cut. And, you know, so they're, they're going to run the course um, in likely grouse and woodcock cover, but it's not going to be for the entire 60 minutes. Like, you might... You know, and, uh, you know, anybody listening that's hunted grouse or woodcock will understand this. You know, you might go into what we call a cover, you know, where birds might be. And there are going to be um, times when you're not, you you know, you're probably not going to see a bird because the cover's too open or, or whatever. And then, you know, you walk couple hundred yards and now you're into uh, a piece of cover where a bird might be so um, that's dependent on how big or how far the dog runs and, and you know how clearly you can hear the bell or can't hear the bell um, so again if, if Roy hasn't been to a cover dog trial he obviously sounds like someone that's hunting a lot of wild birds grouse and woodcock uh, he'd probably have to come and watch one and, um, you know, see that when the, when the cover isn't really good for birds, the dog's going to stretch out and try to find that next piece of cover. Now, the people laying the course out um, know that, and they're going to have the course head towards the next available piece of cover. So that that's a great question, and... Um, you know, the dog's range is definitely dependent on uh, the cover available. And um, so uh, ho- hopefully that, do you think I, I answered that question well? Is there any parts of it I didn't hit? Because well, like I said, I've, the- had, I've had quite a few beers, so I'm doing the best I can, Gina. No, that was great. But... There's a second part where he's asking um, your thoughts on can a dog open a race without a brace? Like, does that affect the field trial? Which I've wondered this too. Like, it could be good and bad, I guess. Yes. Uh, We were just talking about this actually. I was talking to to John Ferdinand and Kristen about, um, you know, one one of our dogs in this upcoming trial. drew a bye dog and, and people if they don't understand what that is is when you when when you have a stake um you know a competition let's say uh, a, a field trial for you know shooting dogs if there's an odd number let's say there's you know 23 dogs in the stake well that means that you're gonna brace up all the dogs they're gonna have a partner a pairing but there's an odd number. So that's going to leave 11 braces. They're all going to have a brace mate. And there's going to be that 23rd dog, the name that's pulled out of the hat. That particular dog is going to run by themselves. It's what's called a by dog. It does not have a brace mate. Um, that could be really good. And that also could be really bad. Um, the, the good part of it is uh, as a handler, I, I personally, I like being the buy dog. Um, yeah. It's tough if it's, it's tough if you're at a trial that's going to go on for several days, 
you know, we've talked in the past about some of these big championships that I go to that might run a week long. Well, that particular buy dog has to be available every single day because if someone, for some reason, scratches and uh, takes your dog out of the competition, that buy dog moves up to that next available position and oh. has to run. And, it, and, and that's, that's difficult on a handler to, you know, have to be always ready to grab that dog and run it. But let's say it all works out where the oh, dog doesn't have to do. What's that? I didn't know that. I didn't know it could be present. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The buy dog has to be available to run if the judges want it to run and if, and if it can run. So if that doesn't happen and it ends up your dog does run as a buy dog, I really personally I like that because I could set the pace and and handle my dog um, at my own pace almost as a training uh, you know if I'm just out there with one dog working so that's really good now some judges will put a, a lot of extra um, uh, pressure on a buy dog they have to be that much better because they don't have to they don't have to honor their bracemate that's one one situation that will not come up. Or, you know, um, you know, if your dog starts to make a, a lateral or, um, the, the, you know, uh, hunting a cover to the left or the right and the bracemate goes to the front, you're trying to catch up. You, you know, you, you don't have any of those situations um, interfering with your dog. So a lot of times judges uh, will be tough on a buy dog. But personally, I would love to run as a buy dog. Um, but it doesn't always happen, and uh, um, I, I, I think you can definitely go out and, and win a field trial as a buy dog for a lot of reasons, um, you know, just because it's that much easier to handle your dog with no interference from another handler or bracemate. So that's a great question, and we touched on something that, uh, like you said, you didn't even know that, you know, the buy dog isn't guaranteed to run by himself if something happens in the trial where someone scratches that buy dog has to move up so um that's a that's a great question and uh again thank you thank you roy uh, he's been uh, sending us some really uh interesting questions that that i've enjoyed answering so there you go uh, John just mentioned something. Hold on a minute. What did you say, John? I said I think in the next stake that you're running in, you're going to actually have two or three buy dogs running, not just one. Uh, yeah, well, we're we're getting set to run in a field trial uh, tomorrow, and I believe in the Derby stake, I will actually have uh, three buy dogs, um, which you know, again, um, to. to it's just because of the numbers. I had more dogs than bracemates um, afforded me. So uh, there doesn't only have to be one dog. There could be multiple by dogs. So thank you, John, for your uh, input there. Have another beer. Eat some peanuts. And what do you got for me, Gina? Uh, well, that was the last dog-related question, but I have one more that I keep forgetting to ask you. Okay. 
So this you sent me, it's from Royal Ford. Royal Ford, yep. And, and they said, a uh, quick question, what is Easter pie? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, uh, Royal Ford's been, uh, you know, following us and asking us some great questions, um, bird dog-wise. I think I posted um, uh, about uh, the cheese store back in Hazleton is now offering... Uh, it's that time of year for Easter pie, and a lot of, and it's not just Royal Ford. A, a lot of other people have texted me and said, well, "You know, what what are you talking about? What's Easter pie?" And it, it's it's a, an ethnic uh, dish um, from you know the coal region of Pennsylvania, which is northeast Pennsylvania. You know, up from Scranton down to Reading. Um, <coughs> the Italians. Uh, during Easter would make a dish called Easter pie. And what it is is um, ricotta cheese, uh, mozzarella cheese, Parmesan cheese, all of the cheeses, eggs, um, and then usually meats, um, uh, sausage, pepperoni, uh, capicole, ham. Uh, Some people put pasta in it hard-boiled eggs, and basically, uh, you know, you, you, you mix that all up, parsley, um, seasonings, and you bake it uh, in a crust, and then you eat that, uh, you know, as an Easter celebration, and uh, I, I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite dishes in the world. Um, your Nana, I love her Easter pie. Your Aunt Kim has a great recipe and makes a killer Easter pie. Um, you know, a lot of the restaurants, uh, I know Vesuvio's down in uh, the valley makes a great Easter pie. The cheese store. Um, it, it's, it's basically a uh, an Easter celebration with uh, cheese, meat, and eggs uh, baked in a, um, a pie, a pie crust, and uh, I love it. So, me that's too. I, I do you like it too? I do, and I like it warm. You like it warm? I like it cold. I and, like it cold. Nella Yoka makes the best Easter pie. Um, okay. <laughs> Nella Yoka is my sister, and, and her Easter pie is very good, and, uh, but you like it, you like it warm. I like it cold. Wow. I like it cold, but to each his own. I love Easter pie. So, I don't know if you can hear in the background, but my favorite song in the world is playing right now. I hear a beat, but I can't tell what it is. It's uh, Alabama 3, Woke Up This Morning. It's a theme song from my favorite television show of all time, and that's The Sopranos. So, kind of ironic that (laughs) it's playing as we're finishing up our podcast. Gina. Uncle Robert, let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Um, (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. Um, I'm listening to Dean Martin. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's he's my favorite. And uh, I'm having a good time here with John and Kristen. And 
I think we had a really good podcast. You don't have any more questions for me? No, I think we covered everything. Good. Thank God, because I'm... <laughs> You're I'm done. done. I'm cooked. Uh, and, uh, tomorrow's going to be a long... Actually, Saturday and Sunday is going to be a long two days. Um, we have two puppies, 10 derbies, and 10 shooting dogs to run in the next two days. Yeah. Um, so I got to go home and rest up for that. And uh, we're going to talk to you next week. Uh, hopefully we have uh, some celebrating to do, if not, whatever. And then the following week, we're going to do a podcast face-to-face, which I'm really excited about because um, I love North Carolina. But I really miss home, and I'm looking forward to coming home. I'm ready too. I miss you. Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. And Easter's coming up. Can't wait for that. Again, the Easter pie and all the other good Easter foods. Uh, looking forward to it. Thank, thank you very much, Gina. Um, hopefully, we had a good podcast here. Hopefully, you don't get it. Here's the next thing. I'm sorry. I know you like your days off with the snow, but no more snow up there, okay? I don't know. No more snow. The more snow you get, the longer it's going to take me to get home. <laughs> no more snow. So uh, hopefully that snow melts before I get up there. And uh, have a great have a great rest of your day. You too. Bye, John. Bye, Kristen. Bye, Bye. Tina. Bye, Gina. Take care.